Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out the hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20, if you don't have a traditional Bible and you want one, we want you to have one. And so we've got some at the Welcome Center. You can stop there on your way out, pick that up. That's our gift to you. But in the meantime, we really want you to get into the Version app. It's also called the Bible app. And all the notes and all the scriptures, those have already been uploaded. There's so many incredible little features that are on that app. So if you don't have it, download it. If you haven't downloaded it, you can scan this QR code and it'll take you there. If you are watching us online, maybe you're tailgating right now, whatever it is you're doing, just hold on until you get too into it until after we're done here. But we're so grateful that you're here. Love you guys. Love you, Jamie. Love you all our people from the D. There's so many people literally from all over the world that message us, let us know that they're here. We have little pockets of people all over the U.S. and all over the world that this is like they have watch parties just to be a part of this. And so we're so grateful. Love you guys and grateful that you're here. And love you guys and grateful that you're here. Pastor Sonny was throwing down today. I was like, hold up. She almost got hit with a water bottle. That's all I'm saying. I about threw her a water bottle upside her head. When she said the sustenance was in the wave, I about picked up this pulpit and threw it out of the back wall. I was like, why don't she preach today? I just, I'm fine. Anyway, happy new year. So glad you guys are here. Good to see you. I hope that you've recovered from whatever uh, activities some of you partook in and you're here because you're, you're turning over a new leaf and you're beginning again. And so I love that we're starting the new year with this series. I'm a, I'm a big time margins guy, whether it's time or whether it's finances, I'm always trying to leave myself room for error or for adjustment. Like I hate being late. I think it says a lot about somebody. And so, so I will not wait until the last minute to leave somewhere. I leave margin for traffic or for, for car issues because I hate being late. I hate being financially strapped. And so I will not live paycheck to paycheck. I think that says a lot about somebody. So I will not live outside my means. I won't give away tomorrow in pursuit of today. So I leave margin for a new roof or for an unexpected trip to the dentist. If you've got kids, kids cost more money than anybody has ever told you. It is insane. And so uh, because of all that, I'm a big time margins guy. If you ask my kids, I've been preaching this to them their whole lives. And I'm sure it's been annoying getting places 20 minutes early most of their lives. But when you run into some sort of a snag, you don't have to stress. And one of my lines to them when that happens is that's why you give yourself margin. Uh, So I love that we're starting 2024 talking about this because the beginning of the year is the perfect time to do this because the holidays are so busy, so overscheduled from Halloween all the way to New Year's Day. It's packed. Like it's, it's like overpacked. Just as we're taking down the decorations from one holiday, we're putting up the decorations for another. And so the amount of effort that's extended from October to January can be overwhelming. The shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the visiting, the decorating, the entertaining, it's all so exhausting. So I love the fact that we're starting the year talking about something that most people don't have. Margins. The border. 
the barrier that keeps us in bounds, that keeps us from going over the, the edge. Do you know how many of you are teetering right now? How, how many of you are dangerously close to the edge? So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to build that barrier, how to strengthen that border, that boundary around your life, starting today with a message we're calling Shabbat Shalom. Let's pray. God, we love you. Man, thank you for 2024, for, for a new year. God, thank you for an opportunity to kind of take some of those old things and set them aside. God, there's so many people in this room, they, they've already started that process. They, they started uh, with a fast at the beginning of the year and they're abstaining from something. They're holding something back from themselves that they like, that they enjoy, that they, that they feel uh, enriched by God, but they're holding something back from themselves as, as an offering to you. And so today, God, I pray that, that as we begin to talk about this idea of margins, of, of building a fence, of building a, a barrier, some sort of a, a percentage that, God, our hearts and our minds would be changed, that we would leave this place less like us and more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Israel started out with, with a bunch of rules, like over 600 of them. The problem is they were rebellious people. And rebellious people will always put, push back on what's good for them. Rebellious people will always look at rules as a negative rather than as what they are. Uh, guardrails, boundaries. Barriers. Barriers meant to keep us from driving off the cliff. And so the, the children of Israel, they were always complaining. They were, they were always arguing. They were, they were always living with a victim mentality. They were always looking for a workaround, always looking for an out, always looking for a loophole. And, and so God, unlike me, uh, your kids ever whine? Let's see. They're eating Lucky Charms, whining that it's not Count Chocula. I just go, are you kidding me? There's marshmallows in the cereal. We got cornflakes when I was growing up. There, was no, there were no marshmallows in my life growing up. That wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a topic of conversation in our house. It was, uh, we had to go over other people's house to, to get marshmallows in our life. I had a best friend from kindergarten through the 12th grade. His name was Charles Smith. And his, his, mother, his mother bought sugar cereal. So I built margin into my life as a kid. Leave my house early so I get to Charles Smith's house so I can have breakfast before he woke up. So I'd go into his house, he'd wake up, I'd be downstairs, and his family came up with a nickname for me. His mom would yell upstairs, Charles, breakfast man's here. <laughs> I had to build margin into my life. I wanted a, a little bit of marshmallow in my life. But I, I would whine. You ever have your kid, your kid just whine about some stupid stuff? Like your kids have all this stuff, but they whine that they don't have two of it. That's them. They, they were that. They were, they were the people that never could get enough. They never, they never had enough blessing in their life. They never had enough deliverance in their life. And so God uh, wasn't like me. And in his infinite mercy, decided to simplify things. And he called a mountaintop meeting with Moses and narrowed the list of over 600 down to 10. Like 10 things not to do. Things like don't kill each other. Don't steal from each other. Don't, don't sleep with anyone other 
then your spouse. All good rules. But before those rules, right after, like telling him not to have any other gods, uh, not making any idols, not taking his name in vain, coming in at number four in God's top 10 is remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And not only is it placed in the queue before murder and adultery, it has the longest description of any of the commandments. It says, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or your female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in the sixth day the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. He built in margin. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day by making it holy. The fourth most important rule from God's perspective. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Build in margin. And not remember like it's a memory. The Hebrew word for remember means to act on the behalf of. And it has... Um, Grammatically, it has what you call a tri-tense meaning. It, it's simultaneously past, present, and future tense. So remember the Sabbath, act on its behalf, how? By keeping it holy. And the word holy here means set apart. This isn't passive, it's intentional. It's saying, don't take this lightly. Because God was saying, in the future, the world's gonna take this lightly. They're, they're gonna neglect it. So, so guys, my kids, don't you do that. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Act on its behalf by setting it apart. It was the ultimate margin. And, and Jewish people, they're intentional about it. They're serious. Everything points to the Sabbath. It, it, everything prepares them for it. The rest of the week leads up to it. In fact, they have a greeting set aside to honor it. Shabbat Shalom. It means peaceful Sabbath. I wonder, uh, when's the last time you had a peaceful Sabbath? I mean, for most of you, it's been a while. So today, I, I want to give you four steps to a Shabbat Shalom. Four steps to having a peaceful Sabbath. Four steps, really, to, to building the beginning of margin. Here's the first. Rest. <laughs> we are the most overworked country in the world. We work more hours and take less time off than any other country on earth. And so because of that, we don't know how to rest. It's why when you finally do take a week off, it takes you the first four days to wind down. Or, or why people get sick when they go on vacation. Do you know a lot of people, they, they literally, they become ill. They go on vacation, they catch a cold or, or they feel like, they feel like they've got the flu. And it happens because our bodies literally don't know how to stop. We're like an iPhone that never gets turned off. And, and so because it never gets turned off, it slows down. It gets bogged down. And when you finally do try to turn it off, you push the button and the pinwheel just spins. And for some of you, the, the pinwheel is just spinning and spinning. It's why we get antsy on Thanksgiving. It's why, it's why Black Friday has crept into Thanksgiving Day. It's why people were mad because Black Friday this year, a number of consumers decided that they were actually going to give their employees Thanksgiving Day off. It's why on Christmas Day, you find dudes hanging out at the gas station 
because they just can't stay home. Because most people can't just take one day and rest. And so because of that, we're exhausted. We're like worn out, y'all. We're so worn out, it's become a greeting. How are you? Busy. I didn't even know that that was an emotion. I didn't even know that was part of the makeup of who you are. Hey, bro, how you doing? Got a lot of irons in fire. Anytime somebody looks at me like that, I know they want a response. And so if they do that, I don't want to give them a response. I want to just go, whatever, bro. (laughs) Who made you busy? You made you busy. Who told you you couldn't this or you or you couldn't do that. We're exhausted and that's a danger zone. You can't consistently make good decisions when you're tired. And God knew that, which is why he said once a week, take a day and rest. Your mind slows down when you're rested. Your blood pressure lowers. The fog lifts. You see things clearer. You make smarter decisions. You you have more discipline when you're rested. And and let me just talk about something that's kind of gotten twisted up when it comes to the Sabbath. And it's something that I've been wrong about in the past. Uh, The American church has repackaged Sabbath. They've tried to make it more palatable by telling people to find activities that they love and to do those things as a form of Sabbath, like, like hiking or cycling, camping or fishing, which first of all, You ever been camping? Half the trip is work. And if you got kids, one and a half times the trip is work. The drive is work. The tent is work. You ever seen somebody set up a tent for the first time, get hit in the face with a little springy? That's me. Like I go, camping? Really? That's, hey, if that's your thing, that's great. Or or people say, "Uh, take your Sabbath by working out. Man, please. The devil is a... The devil is a, that's not rest. That's recreation. There's a difference. God wants you to do both, but he didn't command you to do the second. He commanded you to do the first. Like God was so serious about this idea of rest. There were rules on the Jewish people, even about travel. You could only go a certain distance from your house. 2000 cubits. It's about half a mile. And he instilled that because he wanted us one day to shut it down. And I get it. I totally understand our culture isn't geared that way. Uh, I mean, there's a restaurant that is. We just got it. People lined up forever. I was excited about it until they got rid of the pimentos and cheese jalapeno sandwich. And then I was going to boycott them. But then I remembered they were Christians and they had the spicy chicken and then I was on back on board. And so <laughs> Chick-fil-A shuts that mother down every single week. And did you know that in New York, they're trying to force Chick-fil-A to be open on Sunday. Have y'all heard this? They're trying to force Chick-fil-A to open on Sunday. And they thought Chick-fil-A was going to balk. <laughs> Psych. The CEO of Chick-fil-A said, fine, we'll leave New York. I was like, dang, you're going to leave the whole state? And people in New York, whatever. I mean, it took us forever to get one. They probably had it for a while. But I'm just saying, they're so serious. that Do you know that they're more profitable than McDonald's and Burger King put together? Chick-fil-A, six days. 
It's insane. And I know that our culture, you're not built that way. Our culture's not built that way. But I, I remember when, when it was. I remember when almost nothing was open on Sunday. It was like a built-in margin. And Jesus knew the importance of this. It's why he said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, I will give you answers. He didn't say, I will give you solutions. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Because he knew rest is the first step to a Shabbat Shalom, a peaceful Sabbath. Here's the second, uh, is recharge. Uh, recharge. How did, the, how did the Jews recharge on Sabbath? Uh, they started their Sabbath by going to church. I mean, I mean, they didn't call it church, they called it temple. But, but every Sabbath, they went to the synagogue. And when they were there, they sang and they danced. They danced alone and they danced with each other. They gave offerings and they listened to and they recited scripture. And the Jewish people got excited about going to synagogue, about going to temple, about going to church. They looked forward to it all week. It wasn't a task or something to check off of a list. It wasn't a way to keep out of hell. It was, it was a reflection of heaven. For them, it was heaven on earth. It's why David, the king, said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Did you pick up on that language? He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us. This was their community. It was their people. They looked forward to seeing each other. It, it recharged them. Who do you have that you look forward to seeing when you get here? Who do you have that recharges you when you get to interact with them in the lobby, when you guys get to grab some free coffee together? Listen, if you don't have someone, you either need to invite some people you do or you need to find another church where there's people you do. Because th this wasn't optional to them. It, it was necessary, not because it was a rule, but because they recognized how depleted they had gotten throughout the week, how beaten down they had gotten. That's why, like, it's our goal that when you leave here, like, there's a lot of people that say, why, why, why don't you preach, like, harder? Or why don't you Because they go, like, people already feel bad when they get here. I want people to feel better when they leave here than when they got here. I want people to feel more equipped when they leave here than when they got here, more empowered when they leave here than when they got here. So if you come here, listen, this is my out on the beginning of the year. People have said to me, how do you like, ask people to leave so often? I don't know. I just figure if you don't want to be here, don't be here. If when you come here, you leave and you feel you got the wrong place, Jack. Like this, just, there's a bunch of places in this town. Go find some place that when you leave, you are like this, not like this. We, we want you to come in like this and leave like this. Not come in like this and leave like this. I'm just saying, this is a thing. This is, this is the community. They, they got what they needed. They got filled up. And some of you have made this place optional. You wonder why you feel beaten down. You filled your schedule with stuff that doesn't matter. You're busy chasing your kids from soccer field to soccer field or ice rink to ice rink rather than chasing Jesus. And you wonder why your kids are tripping because you've made this place optional for you and for them. And God knew that we would be tempted to do it. It's why he told us not to neglect gathering together. And they, they took him serious on that all the way up to the top. So David the king was excited to go to church and recharge because he knew it was an important step 
in having a Shabbat Shalom, a peaceful Sabbath. Here's the third step is reflect. Uh, once you start to recharge, your mind opens up to reflection. And, and the Jewish people had a step built in for that. After they went to church, they went straight back to the crib and they had a huge family dinner. And that dinner took hours. And there was a program to the meal. They ate, then they blessed each other. Led by the father, who starting with his wife, paused for reflection, looked them in the eye, prayed, asked God for a word for them, and then went around the table and spoke a blessing over every single person there. Gave a word of wisdom to every person there and then prayed a prayer over every person at his table. Can you imagine having somebody speak a personal blessing over you every single week? You, I mean, you know, most, most of the Proverbs, we read the Proverbs, there's 31 of them. It's, it's the book of wisdom. Uh, did you know that the, most of the Proverbs are just things that were said at the Sabbath table? And, and one of those is kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Compliments change your countenance. Who is speaking life over you and who are you speaking life over? Anyway, after the father blessed and prayed over everyone, they all encouraged each other. They went around the table and they took turns and they had thought all week about what they were going to say to Jim or what they were going to, what they're going to say to Sally. And, and they, they talked and they laughed, they ate and they drank at full volume. Like you've ever, have you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding and how everybody's like, uh, crazy at the table. Most Midwestern people are like, oh my God, I'd die if I were at that table. But like if you were at a Jewish Shabbat Sabbath table, it was like, it was like a roar, the whole meal. It, it was like having Thanksgiving every single week. Uh, they built in margin into the week to reflect on how much of a blessing their loved ones were because it was an important step to having a Shabbat Shalom, a peaceful Sabbath. Here's the fourth is replace. Reflection prompts replacement. When we slow ourselves down, it lets us take an honest inventory of the things that are in our hearts and the things that are in our minds, the clutter, the distractions, the disappointments, the frustrations, and it allows us to remove them rather than compound upon them. It allows us to replace them. David talked about this in the 19th Psalm, a Psalm of, of reflection where he acknowledges his shortcomings, where he thanks God for the law. When's the last time you thanked God for the law? When's the last time you thanked God for the rules that are in you? Do you know how many of these rules have rescued you from ruin? When is the, so David, like he paused and he said, God, thank you for the restrictions that you put on my life. Thank you for, for rescuing me from, from myself. And in that reflection, he said this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord. But he was only able to do that because he had made the Sabbath a priority. He was only able to pray that prayer because he had built in margin. He'd allowed himself the opportunity to rest, to recharge and reflect. You know, when you get to the end of a holiday where you've done nothing, uh, think, think back on Christmas Day. Think back on, on Thanksgiving. 
uh, by the time Thanksgiving comes to an end, if you did it right, you're ready to go do something the next day. You're like, bro, I'm, I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready to go away from these kids. I'm ready to get, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you're like chomping at the bit. That's why they were able to have more production in six days than everyone else was able to have in seven days. Because the fact of the matter is, most of you are coasting anyway. Most of you are so exhausted. They, you know, you're getting paid for eight hours, but you're working four and a half. And you're on Facebook, two of them. There's this idea that God kind of had this thought that if my people would allow themselves to just be shut down, just, just, for, just for one day, David knew if I could just rest, it'll let me recharge. If I'll lean into the recharge, it'll let me reflect. And if I reflect, I'll be able to replace the thoughts, the desires, the motives that are, that are mine and replace them with God's. So I wonder, will you do that today? Will you start building margin into your life? I hope so, because some of you are teetering. You are dangerously close to the edge. And, and you go, well, oh, okay, well, how do I do that, Sean? Let me, give you, let me give you two questions today that I want you to think through this week. Number one, what do I have in my life that shouldn't be? Number two, what's not in my life that should be? What do I have in my life that shouldn't be? And number two, what's not in my life that should be? Will you think through those things this week? I hope so, because it's an important step to having a Shabbat Shalom, a peaceful Sabbath, and it is the first step to helping you build a margin. Will you close your eyes all across this place? Margin It is the distance between where you're at and your destruction. Some of you, you came into this place and this is the last shot. He says, the first of the year, we're gonna go to church because you know we gotta, something's gotta break in our marriage or something's gotta break in our finances or something's gotta break with these kids or something's gotta break in my mental health. But for some of you, you've got this, this brokenness in your heart, this brokenness in your spirit and you've been like trying and reaching and searching for all sorts of different things to fill it or fix it. And none of it's worked. You felt something when you came in here today. The, the minute B started singing that first song, you, you felt something. Butterflies in your stomach, tears in your eyes. There's, a, there's something pulling you, drawing you, calling you. That something is Jesus. In the scriptures, it talks about salvation. That there is a, there's a process where we, we come to the end of ourselves in the beginning of God. That process really begins with two things. Confession and profession. Confessing that you are spiritually broken and can't fix yourself. And profession that you believe Jesus can do that. So this morning we want to give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus in the church world, as we say, as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, your rescuer. So if you're here and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you in just a minute to do two things. First is with nobody looking around, I'm going to ask you uh, to raise your hand and make eye contact with me. Once you've made eye contact with me, you can put your hand down. That's your act of confession. Then secondly, 
I'm going to say a few lines in a prayer and then I'm going to pause. And when I pause, I'm going to ask everybody in here to repeat what it is that I just said. And if you repeat it and you mean it in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. So if you're here and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want one with nobody looking around. Would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me right now? Thanks, 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 thanks. Anybody else? Thanks, thanks. Okay, I'm going to ask everybody in here to say these words. Say, Jesus, I've got sin in my life, but I don't want it. Forgive me. Change me. Come into my life. Make me new. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, what if you're here and you say, Sean, uh, I'm saved. I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, uh, but you're teetering. You're super close to the edge. And you say, Sean, I'm living my life with no margin and I want 2024 to be the year where I build in some sort of a margin. If that's you with nobody looking around, pop your hand up right now so I can pray for you. Yes, 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 so many people. Jesus, for so many people who are teetering, who are living their life right to the wire, God, I pray blessings over them. I pray peace over them. I pray that their hearts and their minds would be changed. Slow their roll in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Follow our other podcasts so you can be updated when new episodes are released. We have a wide variety of podcasts to choose from. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.